Why are there so many songs about rainbows and what's on the other side? So anyway, Slick gets his dick <laughs> shut off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, baby. That's the opening of the podcast. be some ninjas or a crazy death machine. There will be smiles and there will be tears. You won't watch another movie for about 800 years. It's time for death by video. Yeah, it does. It does feel early because that's uh, like the days are so long now. Yeah. Canada Day wise, like with the theme, you know. Oh yeah! Welcome well, to this is a Canada mm. Week. Speaking to the Canada Month, man. Woo. Nothing. I've got nothing to add to this. Okay, so welcome to Death by Video. I'm Graham. I'm Phil. I'm Kit. And we are joined again by our very very special guest star, the one, the only Lillian Perez. Hello. Hey, Lil. Thanks for coming again. Um, so uh, we are kicking off our our salute to Canada. The ghosts last week uh, came to me in a dream and said we must salute Canada's 150th uh, anniversary of Confederation. And I'm going to be clear to say not birthday because Canada existed for thousands of years before Confederation in 1867. But this is the 150th uh, birthday. I'm actually going to be in Ottawa on Saturday, July 1st. Burning my skin off in the heat and possibly at Parliament Hill. You didn't tell me that one of the ghosts is John A. MacDonald. Oh, Sir John, yeah. He's uh, he's a big fan of Huey Lewis in the news. and uh, The first drunken mayor of Toronto, but not the last. Yeah, the best drunken mayor of Toronto, let's be honest. <laughs> Sir John A., he, he for- <laughs> built a country. Rob Ford nearly sunk it um, on the international stage. So we are here today to watch and talk about the great uh, Atlantic Canadian classic from all the way back in 2011. Um, It's Hobo with a Shotgun, directed by Jason Eisner, starring Rudger Hauer and um, Molly Dunsworth. Oh, wow. Has Jason Eisner ever done anything from this? I know this was kind of a contest that he mm-hmm. won in a way. So yeah, so a little bit of backstory. Uh, back in 2007, when the film Grindhouse was coming out by Robert Rodriguez and Quentin Tarantino, there was an international contest to create your own fake trailer. And I remember seeing a bunch of them before, like when it was actually going on, but I didn't actually see the Hobo with a Shotgun trailer. So I saw The Dead Won't Stay Dead. I saw, that's the only one I really remember. It wasn't that good. And then when I went to go see Hobo with a Shotgun, with uh, the oft-mentioned Scott Shurek up at the Colossus uh, Cineplex in Woodbridge, Ontario, a.k.a. the Nexus of Evil. Um, It played beforehand. Spread the word, you dirty cocksuckers. Tell all your grave-robbing friends on what the matter is sitting now! Oh, with a shotgun. The streets gave birth to a stray dog who is now fed up. Living on the streets is tough. And it's about to get tougher. You want in on this ten dollars? Come on! 
violence, cruelty, murder. The streets will be lonelier because this hobo's taken off. He's cashing in his nickels and dimes for a new way of life. But getting out isn't that easy. This hero is going to have to deliver justice one shell at a time. I'm gonna sleep in your bloody carcasses tonight! Hobo with a shotgun! He's pissed! Tell me the goddamn passcodes! And he wants answers. Which one are you in for? At least it's only shooting the dirty cops. We're all dirty cops! Trigger this, you John Morrison shit! Hobo with a shotgun! I want that hobo's head on my wall tonight! And whoever brings it to me gets all my friends! When violence rules the streets, only be one law. Here. David Brunt has. We're taking a car road to hell. You're running shotgun. Hobo with a shotgun. Rated R. Did you mean when you went to go see Grindhouse with Scott Sher? Yes, not Hobo with a shotgun. Thanks, Big, kid. Because that was confusing. Sorry, this Molson Dry is already getting to my head. Um, we are uh, tonight in um, in praise of the hobo lifestyle. We are drinking some Molson Dry Lager. Um, and these aren't even king cans, are they? What are they called? Well, they're king-ish cans. They're big cans. That seems like the kind of thing you would mount into a military cannon to fire off. Into. They're seven ten milliliters for the for the discerning hobo, as it says on the can. Yeah, it tastes a little shy of. Um, of iced tea that's been left out in a dirty lake for a, for a summer or two. I don't even know what that means. <laughs> so, has anybody seen anything good in the last week? Phil. This week's Twin Peaks. Yeah, it was quite good, wasn't it? Yeah, and I started watching Glow. Oh, yeah? What'd you think? I'm really on board with it. Yeah, Glow is a really good... It's a fun series. Um, it's about the gorgeous ladies of wrestling, wrestling promotion in the late 1980s. Um, it's on Netflix. It's really good. Um, it's a very, it's a totally 100% fictionalized account of it, though, because uh, if you've seen the documentary GLOW, um, none of those people are in it. There's certain analogs, like there's a villainous Russian character who's not really Russian. Um, there's a Machu Picchu character who's kind of based on another character from Glow, from the actual wrestling promotion. But it stars Allison Brie and Mark Marin. Probably Mark Marin's best acting. Like, it's one of those shows where I forgot that I was watching Mark Marin. Oh, for sure, yeah. Mm-hmm. Kit, have you seen anything in the last week? Uh, yes, actually, for uh, in honor of Pride, I watched mm-hmm. uh, a movie about a gay cultural icon called The Babadook. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> Clever social media reference there, Kit. So, yeah, for those of you who don't know, The Babadook has... So, coming back from our... Uh, our uh, I would say two, two episodes in a row, but that was... We, uh, last episode, we didn't have a te- technical difficulty, but we just lost recording again because I didn't change the batteries in the recorder. That's on me, guys. Sorry. Um, also, I'm pretty sure the ghosts were upset because Kit just gave away a big spoiler for the Babadook after, um, after he introduced it. So we're not going to go there. The dog dies. Um, 
And Lil hasn't seen anything to write home about. Uh, is that correct, Lil? That is correct, Your Honor. Your Honor. I like that. Um, and I have seen actually a lot in the last week, so I'm going to run through it quickly. So I saw the uh, Werner Herzog documentary, My Best Fiend, which um, features, uh, which is about uh, Werner Herzog's uh, longtime collaborator and former housemate when he was a child, Klaus Kinski. I saw the Full Moon Features uh, production, Crash and Burn, which was marketed as a sequel to Robot Jocks, but it actually has nothing to do with Robot Jocks. Um, I then saw the movie, was it? Death Ship. Yeah, Death Ship, which is actually a Canadian film about... Uh, I might have seen that. The, don't confuse it with Ghost Ship. Oh, that's probably the one I saw. That's the one with Jamie Lee Curtis and the... No. The one about the one that came out in like the early two thousands. Yeah, yeah, that's not it. No, no, that one actually had a three D cover box. Yeah, yeah. which totally ripped off Death Ship. So Death Ship is a Canadian film, uh, co-production with uh, Britain, and it basically is about a. uh, It's in seventy nine or nineteen eighty, and this cruise ship gets rammed by this mysterious ship in the middle of the night, um, and the survivors go aboard this other mysterious ship, and it turns out it was actually a floating. Nazi concentration camp and the ghosts of the Nazis still haunt it and cause all kinds of mayhem and death. It's actually quite entertaining. Um, I'm wow. not, yeah, I'm not sure if we'll watch it for our Canada 150 celebration this month, but it might come up. We'll see what the ghosts say on the VG board. Um, then after that, I watched Q the winged serpent, which is a great Larry Cohen film. Actually, uh, Larry Cohen's endings are always kind of weird. You've, you've seen a bunch of his stuff, Phil. Oh, yeah, for yeah, sure. They, yeah. they always just kind of like end, and you're like, oh, I figured there'd be like another story beat or something. Um, it was fun. It's about this um, giant serpent, winged serpent that flies around and summons in New York, New York City, hides out in the Chrysler building, and is picking off people on the tops of uh, rooftops. Um, we watched, oh, we watched Firecracker last week, uh, which was on the podcast. Um, after Cue the Winged Serpent, I watched the Rashida Jones documentary Hot Girls Wanted, which should have been titled Bad Time Watching, because uh, it is a depressing watch. It's 90 minutes of your life um, that will make you really despise the human race. Then I watched the 1980 Australian film Nightmares, which is kind of a weird movie, uh, kind of a slasher, kind of not, and... Not Nightmare Fuel? Not, not really good. Um, and then today I actually watched a film that I'm going to keep quiet about because the ghosts came to me again in a dream and told me we we're going to be watching it next week. And that brings us up to tonight's movie, Hobo with a Shotgun. So guys, um, three out of the four of us here have seen Hobo with a Shotgun. Is there anything we want to warn Phil about before we get into it? I'm just going to say it was about 10 years. No, not 10. It only came out in 2011. Yeah. So like six years ago, six years ago. Um, I think maybe I was... You're rounding up. I think maybe <laughs> I was done with the uh, the Grindhouse genre at the time, but I, I don't remember liking this. Hopefully, um, a return viewing. Um, it does improve viewing. on the second viewing. Okay. Um, also, so. yeah, like in, in 2011, we'd already been saturated with so much Grindhouse crap. And also the issue is like everyone was like, Grindhouse this, Grindhouse that. They would just throw like a scratchy filter on whatever video project they were doing and add in like a bunch of like murders and stuff and and that's the thing that annoyed me about the grindhouse phenomenon and also annoyed the owner of grindhouse releasing which is a uh, video distribution company and theatrical distribution company is that grindhouse was not a genre of film it was literally the place where the films were played 
And then after the film Grindhouse came out by Robert Rodriguez and Quentin Tarantino, everyone assumed like, oh, this is a Grindhouse movie. And it's like, no, a Grindhouse movie could be Breathless from uh, from France. It could be uh, Armor Accord by uh, Fellini. It could be Death Race 2000. It could be Star Wars. It could be E.T. Like there's an infamous story of uh, the director of, um, I think it was Vigilante, Bill Lustig, who also directed the films Maniac and Maniac Cop that there was once a double feature on 42nd Street in a grindhouse of E.T. and Vigilante, which is the weirdest double feature ever. And he went to go see it, and all these families came with their kids, sat through E.T., and then watched Vigilante, which was like a hard, like serious, gritty street drama about crime in New York City that ends in the violence orgy, essentially. Wow. So that was Grindhouse. What were you going to say? Oh, no, nothing. Any um, warnings just to like- fill? Uh, oh, uh, well, one of the Trailer Park Boys has a brief cameo. Yep. I don't know if that's a warning. Mm-hmm. I found the film cynical at the time and um, wasn't as enthused as, yep. as some of the other people in the I, room. I was in that screening, wasn't I? I remember walking away and being also not enthused. <laughs> I, I will admit that the reason why I haven't seen Hobo with the Shotguns because I was sick of the whole faux yeah. grindhouse thing. And that's and that's the interesting thing about Hobo with a Shotgun is that it, it kind of throws those influences away pretty quickly early on into the film and it becomes its own weird entity. And that's what I grew to appreciate when I saw it a second time. I'll keep that in mind. <laughs> <laughs> Lil, any warnings for Phil? Uh, I liked it upon first viewing, actually. And maybe because I really like Rutger Hauer. I think he's great. Um, and seeing the little kid from Small Soldiers, because when my brother was small, he he liked that movie, and we watched it together. And we watched this one together, too, which is funny. But, um... Yeah, Max, I don't know. Max was young at the time, too. Six years ago, he... It's six like, years ago, he was... Speaking to the mic, Max was... Oh, uh, It's the Molson... It's the Molson. The Molson Dry. You got me, Kit. You that's got gonna, me. That's going to be the new O-Snap. You got me, Kit. I guess we have to finish our drinks So, now. No, 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 no. We don't do drinking and games on this podcast because we want to live to see another day. But what I mean is it's like sleazy and schmleazy, and, but it's got... Heart? It's got heart. It's got taste too because it's got the humor anyway i i don't know phil just i'm going in in with an open mind (laughs) taking it in um yeah so we yeah that's what we're gonna watch what was my point oh yeah max was young at the time so six because he's like what 22 now yeah so he was like 16 when he saw it yeah oh my god it's, it's weird now that I think a 16-year-old is young. Um, so with that being said, uh, any more thoughts before we... Anything else to talk about before we head into the movie? Kit's shaking his head and going, no. Um, Phil's just pleased as punch. Lil? Ready when you guys are. I mean... Happy Canada 150, y'all. Happy Canada 150. This is a kick-off. Yeah! Yeah. Canada? Mm-hmm. I don't care what anyone says. we got a pretty decent nation. Here, here. We have our problems. But. Yeah, we do, but we're working on them. No one's perfect. Unless you're Norway. <laughs> but then you've got freaking black metal heads to deal with. <sighs> Norway. All right, we'll be back after after this. 
there's a voice that keeps on calling me Down the road, it's where I'll always be Every stop I make, I make a new friend Can't stay for long, just turn around and I'm gone again Maybe tomorrow, I'll wanna settle down Until tomorrow, I'll just keep moving on Down this road Okay, go, go, man. And then he goes, and he's like pedaling, and then he's like, but before he starts, he's like, eh, he like sticks his tongue out and, and yells something out, and then the boy behind him starts running after him down the hill, uh, and he does the same thing, and I couldn't make out what they were screaming, and I was wondering if it was a wrestling thing of any sort. I don't think so. Because they were they were about to do something like really like <laughs> wild, like speed down that little hill. It was really cute. They weren't they weren't that young, but they weren't that old either. <laughs> and we're back. <laughs> that was Hobo with a Shotgun. Not that, but but we just finished watching Hobo with a Shotgun. The movie. The movie. Phil, it was your first time watching. What did you think? I did not like it. Well, Phil. <laughs> you know what? Change your heart or die. I've got a hot take. What's that, Kit? I wrote it down. Yep. Um, I My mind was not entirely changed. When I first saw this film, I didn't like it a lot. Mm-hmm. But here's what I'll say. Hobo with a Shotgun is a deliberately ugly movie, which I don't know the value of that. However, mm-hmm. when the filmmakers aren't indulging their worst most depraved <laughs> impulses this film can actually be sometimes very charming I know it, it's That's a weirdly it. ugly yet charming film in fact Kit I believe you said this movie is like every other movie we've watched on this podcast rolled into one care to elabor- elaborate well uh, there are elements of the exterminator part two mm-hmm. well the, you've got uh, the Sons of Drake, the town villain, but then they're like the sub villains. But although they're also, they're the, the most sadistic of the town's villains. Oh yeah, they uh, take a flamethrower to a school bus full of children. Set to Disco Inferno. This is, by the way, I, I really do not like that scene. I don't see the value of it. But it's only to call the hobo out. For I know, a but, duel. Well, what it is is the filmmakers going, ah, we're going to just go over the top and be terribly extreme and just do the worst thing imaginable. But it's That's funny. Smart. That's the first thing he thought of. <laughs> That's the first thing he thought of. And he went and did it. Yeah. So, sorry to I love, you, I love Lil's reaction. But it's funny. <laughs> That's great. I think this is definitely okay, like there's, there's. You just summed up why I don't like I, this movie. This is that's the entire fucking movie. It's just <laughs> wow. Okay, let's relax. Not, let's, not, not to be too chill out. We're just gonna like, look. If we're any louder, somebody around this abandoned video store is gonna notice we're here, and we gotta keep that stuff silent because otherwise we're not gonna have a place to meet. The ghosts will get annoyed. Apocalypse will happen. What happened to Pamela? Pamela, well, I haven't heard her this week. I'm worried about her, actually. And I have Thank a feeling you, you guys decided to name her Pamela after Anderson. Come on, admit it. It was Pamela Voorhees. There's a little, I know, but there's a little bit of Anderson in there. Come on, come she, on, she come, does clean, have, come She clean. does have big silicone breasts, this raccoon, so maybe you're right. I don't know. <laughs> oh, God, Kit. All right, so let's, let's, <laughs> let's go through Hubble with a shotgun. 
th- there is a stark divide in this room. Yeah. With, with Graham and Lil being very much in favor of the film. On one and, side. And me and Phil not being so much in favor. I like to call us the fun side of the room. Here, <laughs> <laughs> here. We're I, laying children on I fire. I think it's important to come in. Uh, come in just clean and just see what you're dealing with. And you either, when I first saw it, I was chuckling and I don't know. But. I do I have to say some of the some of the lines that you laughed at made me kind of wince. Which one? In a good way. Which ones? I don't I don't feel comfortable repeating them. Oh. Something like the one where it was like the only thing I'm thinking right now is about sliding my something in your something. Yeah, I remember that line was as, as he was coming yeah. along to say it. I remember he was going to say something like that and some I can't quite remember. So ugly. And again, like not <laughs> ugly like wow. <laughs> Yeah, um, the line. That's the whole. That's the whole part of it. But like, if it's, it's a whole part of it, then I don't know if I want to see it. Yeah, and look at the world that it's set in. These guys are going around just killing and slaughtering and having their way with whatever they want. Like, remember that element, right? Like, it's not just everyday world and everyday conversations, right, Kit? No. Yeah, this film clearly doesn't take place in reality, which is which is good. Although, um, although to be fair to him with a shotgun. The one part that did make me laugh is that both the lawnmower and the shotgun at the pawn shop are fifty dollars. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's about even. Well, that, um, that's what I'm saying. There are there are elements of this film that are kind of charming, mm-hmm. especially like, Rutger Hauer. Yeah, Rutger Hauer's relationship with uh, Molly Dunsworth, who plays Abigail, the the escort um, or streetwalker, rather. Uh, they have <laughs> a streetwalker, rather. <laughs> yeah, you just say sex worker. I'm a classy guy, Phil. This film is not classy, by the way, listenership. <laughs> Anyways, it, it uses I'm just a saying, lot more derogative terms to describe this character than 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 Graham is using. And Streetwalker, yeah. Um, so the Streetwalker's fine. Continue. Thank you, Lil. Um, no, what I what I wanted to say is that it's like their relationship is so sweet and tender, and Rugger Howard just kind of sees the best in this person. You gotta understand. This film is not, again, like I said, not set in reality. There are a couple of characters in this who have indicated that they may have been involved in the assassination of Jesus Christ, Joan of Arc, and Abraham Lincoln. Um, Again, those touches are what I found charming about the film. Yeah. Exactly. It goes back generations. Thousands upon thousands of years. These are the characters known as the plague. Yep. If I'm not mistaken. Two of them known as the plague. And actually, in a deleted scene, Abigail actually joins the plague at the end. She she uh, straps on some armor and becomes a. Why are you shaking your head at me like that, Kit? Because that would be far too cynical, and I'm glad that they didn't include that in the final yeah, cut. Because it's got such a sweet ending. No, it doesn't. Um, so uh, let's start off. So who wants to go through? with a shotgun so it opens with um Rutger Hauer on a train Rutger Hauer on a train set to some beautiful music from a Mario Baba film that I can't really recall
did miss an opportunity to use the music from Littlest Hope. I know. Well, so, well, I thought you were like, going to say the music from Trailer Park Boys because you see Ricky from Trailer Park Boys. <laughs> yeah. Julian Wallace is his own. Um, and we should point out they probably tried to get the Littlest Hobo theme Rob song. Rob Wells, could, by the way. Is oh, Rob Wells. Sorry, my, my fault. But he's always in character as Ricky. Not in this case, though. He's not. He's playing Slick and Ivan, uh, the two uh, antagonists' uncle. Also, the brother of Drake, who is the villain of this film. Yeah, that's right. You heard me, guys. Drake is the villain of this film. I believe it's the Drake, but yeah. Yeah, the Phil Drake. Is correct. Sorry, it's not Drake, the guy from Toronto. Or is it? Aubrey Drake Graham. I don't like his last name. It sounds a lot like my first name. So that was so 10 anyway. minutes. We'll never get back. Um... Okay, so anyways, Rugger Howard arrives in Scumtown. Um, he is collecting bottles, and he finds a couple cigarettes, and he wants to save money up for a lawnmower to start a lawn mowing business called You Grow It, I Cut It. Great name. And he just sort of sees the horror that goes on around him. The, the depravity. There's a uh, there's a healthy reference to bum fights, and I yeah. like the criticism of bum fights because that was totally it was, it was a dark stain on our society. of our modern society. Well, I, I had a lot of friends, even people who I respect, who were like, "Oh, you got to watch bum fights. It's hilarious. It's the new Jackass," and it wasn't. No, Jackass was it's poor people being like pay, exploited. Like, yeah, exploited. Let's just, it let's was, just say it how it is. Yeah. It's, it's a terrible. It's a terrible. It's, it's Thing. interesting when we look back on that first decade of the 2000s and just how dirty it was. Like, like Jackass is good-natured fun because it's just those guys mm -hmm. hurting each other, and it's it's all in good fun in a way. In a way. Aren't they mostly voluntarily hurting themselves? That's the point, yeah, yeah. and that's why it's funny. Yeah. It's, okay. it's not it's not rich douchebags douche exploiting uh, poor people for, for funs and gags. I just, I just remembered that that movie with Van Damme where um, they're they're homeless people are hard target. Yeah, these oh, homeless yeah, people target, are loaded yeah. into this truck, yes. right? And yeah. uh, they're gonna get some money. Have you ever seen the movie Surviving the Game? That's also like that as well. Like Ice T's like the homeless uh, veteran, and uh, By the they're way. all these like big game hunters, Gary mm -hmm. Busey's. And like, oh snap! I think I hear Pamela. I'm gonna go feed her. I'll be right back, guys. Pammy. Pamela's okay. She's just given birth. So uh, cool. we'll, we'll have to name her litter later on. I'm going to call them Vermins 1 through 7. <laughs> Hasselhoff? Don't hassle the hawk. That would be good, but I just wanted to call it Vermin 1 through 7. Um, okay, let's... I don't like raccoons. How did you know there were seven of them? That's amazing. But you like run with us. Yeah, but okay. You gotta ah, okay. Those are, so those getting are, back to the film. Those are raccoons that live in the forest, not raccoons that strew garbage all over my front yard every day. They they're also raccoons that wear t-shirts and and speak English. Yeah, and they're protecting the environment. To contend with a pig that just can't stop chewing on a cigar. Yeah, Cyril Sneer or whatever his name was. Um, was so that supposed to be pigs, by the way? Yeah, totally. But they had little noses that didn't look like pig snaps. That doesn't make any sense to me. They I never, were, I they never knew. Little minion pigs, the uh, main, the main like bossy pig guy. He's I just like thought all they were skinny pigs, and, and I thought, I thought um, the main bad guy was was another species all, all together. Mm. I don't. I mean, you're maybe he's right. I don't know if the no, he was a pig, full on, full on pig. <laughs> Graham Super is pig. Graham is shaking his okay. head vehemently here, so I guess he, no. Kit's right though; he did look different from the other pigs. Like he looked. Uh, and his son, who was a good guy. Oh, uh, remember the sheepdog and the little sheepdog baby? 
Oh, yeah, that was so good. So, anyways, the reason why we're talking about the Canadian cartoon show, The Raccoons, is because the end credits of The Raccoons ended with Lisa Lougheed's song, Run With Us, an excellent, excellent song that I will be ending this podcast with. And the end of Hobo with a Shotgun, the credits are played over the same song, and it is so freaking good. It was always, uh, it was always an interesting thing with that cartoon, how melancholy that song made the cartoon. You can run with us, Kit. You can make it if you try. It's such a strange song for a cartoon. I know. That's what I love about what? being Canadian. Is that I, I don't know. It's like it's so like. like can you cheery. imagine? Te- can you imagine Teddy us. Ruxpin ending no, no, with "Run cheery. with it's Us"? All, it's, it's melancholy. It's sad. No, but like it's still got like uh, you... when darkness falls, throwing shadows on the ground, and the cold wind blows. Turn your collar to the cold. You can run with us. You can make it if you try. It's just. Beautiful. It's dark. It's a dark song. All right. All right. Yeah. And you were saying the raccoons has actually had an environmental message, which I don't remember from my youth because I haven't. Oh, totally does because Serial Snare is always trying to cut down the the evergreen forest and they're trying to fight against it. He also wants to pollute the evergreen forest and the raccoons are fighting against it constantly. And and the bad guy's name is Serial Snare. So Serial Snare is kind of the Drake. Yeah. In a way. Yeah. Trying to get it back to the film program. But a lot less like a lot less murdery. Slide your I wanna slide my Jesus. Yeah, thanks a lot. So Lil, no, Lil's just quoting the dialogue no, of this fun what I, film what that I, we watched. What I was gonna say is he's at, there were so many episodes of the raccoons. I love how this has become a podcast about the raccoons. Um there were so <laughs> many dude, episodes it's of like the, all Canadian children's programming from our childhood and Care Bears is Canadian too I didn't know that is that a fact oh yeah Nelvada Productions yeah. made Care Bears also Inspector Gadget no, I don't think that's yep. Nelvada it was it was a DIC produced yeah. it was made in Canada wow it, it, uh, the voice of Penny is Cree Summer who is a Canadian um, Canadian native actress Cree uh, Summer who's a Canadian native actress and yeah go go Gadget Legs yeah what was the name of the dog again Brain. Yes. Yeah, and Penny. Penny! Brain, Penny, Uncle Gadget, and the Chief. I watched um, it every morning. so cool. I always wanted As that watch. The awesome thing is that in Newfoundland right now, on NTV, so the owner of NTV Newfoundland Television was Jeff Sterling, who was very much into transcendental med- meditation and Eastern philosophies, and Inspector Gadget. So Inspector Gadget was still airing every morning up until recently. On NTV in Newfoundland. Was it, uh, I, I remember hearing this, was the guy from Max Smart, um, or Get Smart? Yes, um, he was the voice of, oh, he okay, was the voice of Inspector right. Gadget, yep. That would be, oh god, what's his and name? And those insurance commercials, Don Adams? Don was? Adams, that's his name, yeah, yeah. So, back to the film we just watched, Hobo with a Shotgun, Canada's 2011 feature film that premiered at the Sundance Film Festival, and it was actually the debut film for Sundance's Midnight Programming, which was a ripoff of Toronto's TIFF Midnight Madness programming. Um, It was shot in the town of Dartmouth, Nova Scotia, which is a suburb of Halifax, Nova Scotia. And it was always, it also had a bad, yes? Oh, just a geographical Mm -hmm. question. Is it a suburb? I thought it was more like a twin city affair. It's kind of like a twin city. I always viewed it as a suburb, though, because... You have to take a ferry across the river. uh, There were two two bridges. Um, I always took the ferry. Why would you take the ferry? It's like the St. Paul to Minneapolis. Uh, I'd say it's similar. I'd say it's almost like Mississauga is to Toronto. Uh-huh. Uh, we are going to get so much hate mail from Dartmouth. Guys, I as, a, as an Atlantic Canadian, I was born and raised in Newfoundland. 
I went to high school in Nova Scotia. I spent months living in New Brunswick. I love Atlantic Canada and all of its people, except for the racists. Love but Nova yeah. Scotia. Yeah, Nova Scotia is great. Halifax is a cool city. Newfoundland. Sorry, what, what was that, Lil? Newfoundland. Yes, yeah, so as we established on an earlier podcast, Lillian first came to Canada through Newfoundland, or as I like to call it, God's country. Never been, can't vouch for it. <laughs> God's country, I love it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't think we picked that up. Um, but yeah. Oh, Bounce right off. I know, right? Yeah, we switched from the the Molson Dry, which everybody loved. <laughs> yeah, um, which everybody struggled through. <laughs> so now we've we switched over to God Cake and just let me enjoy my Molson Dry. God, <laughs> it was delicious up to the last drop, all seven hundred and ten <laughs> milliliters. Oh, so anyways, we've, we've also been on point. Uh, Lillian has provided us with Blood Brothers Brewing uh, beers, which are just a local brewery, just one street south of where I live, but nowhere near we are near where we are right now on in the abandoned video store. Off Highway Nine. Off Highway Nine or Highway Seven or Highway Eight. The it's actually it's actually Highway Eight A. Can we make <laughs> it Seven Eighths or something? I'm pretty sure that's what it is. Like the Ninja Turtles, where did they live again? Oh, right, 33 and an eighth. And you don't eighth, remember? One eighth? 33 and one eighth? Yeah, 33 and an eighth. I don't see it. No, like the, I, know, I know the they Domino's were, guy. The they, Domino's guy that came to drop off the piece. They, like, they lived 33 in the and sewer. Eighth, 33 guys... and an eighth? No, no. And the, the Teenage Mutant yeah. Ninja Turtles, the movie, which will tie back into this movie, Hobo with a Shotgun. I love that I'm pointing at our audio recorders. If, like, don't worry, I'm going to get back to it. <laughs> um, they So the Domino's guy that delivers pizza, he's like, 33 and an eighth? 33 and an eighth? I don't oh, see any yeah. 33 and an eighth. And then Michelangelo says, you're standing on it, dude. And he's like, oh, 33 and an eighth. And then he slips the pizza through the sewer grate. And then the pe- the money king's actually like, hey, this is only $8. The tab's 14. And Michelangelo says, like, Confucius say, a wise man only pays for pizza if it's on time or something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. He was late. I remember that scene. Yeah, you do, Phil. Those so, turtles were a bunch of cheapskates. <sighs> That poor delivery boy. I mean, how is he supposed to find that address? Oh my god, getting that pizza like before the 30 minutes is the best. It's New York City, by the way. There's a thousand dominoes. Why are we talking about a different movie? <laughs> so anyways, tying it back <laughs> tying it back into our film, um, uh, there's a sequence, so we jump ahead a bit. Uh, Slick and Ivan, who are the sons of the Drake, who have decapitated Rob Wells, who, a.k.a. their uncle, a.k.a. Ricky from Trailer Park Boys, in the opening scene of Scumtown when the hobo realizes how bad it's gotten. And then when they decapitate him, this this woman um, suddenly appears in white furs and then just... And has, what else, Kit? Oh, it's disgusting. And a bikini. It's, it's, yeah, it's one of the... Uh, it's it's part of the ugliness of this film. She starts... Um, his his blood, of course, is spraying from his decapitated neck. As a geyser. Neck. A geyser of blood, and she's just like licking it and drinking it and dancing in it. And oh, this, this that's basically what she says. It's <laughs> <laughs> Lillian was referring to the beer kit, not not the scene. The, she, Lillian the was blood referring, light, may I add? Lillian was referring to very the, fitting. the blood mm-hmm. brothers, but um, the woman in the white furs was was enjoying just the same as Lillian. Um, the blood from Ricky's Yeah, she was really uh, enjoying that that bloodbath. Yeah, and she's never seen again either. It's no. just it's a weird, disgusting scene. You don't need it. It just, it just gives you a taste. It sets the scene for the where you know for the world that we live in. For it the sets world the that tone. We're, uh, it does indeed. Yeah. 
So then we cut to... So this is tying you back to Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the movie. In that film, <laughs> the... the um, the the runaways who are kind of adopted by the Foot Clan have this like cool hangout with all these arcade games and skateboarding, and then Slick and Ivan go to this cool hangout with arcade games, no skateboarding, but they're just bumper cars. And it also features some street punks, which tying it all back into the great big book of punk exploitation, destroy all movies. It actually isn't in that film because those filmmakers stopped uh, recording punks on film after the year 2000. However, the writer of that film, Zach Carlson, and his co-writer are working with the director of Hobo with a Shotgun, Jason Eisner, to make a new film whose name escapes me at the moment, but I'll be looking it up. Kit, continue on with the plot. Or Phil. Or Phil. Or Lil. Oh, uh, we left off with uh, Ricky being decapitated. No, 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 we're at the hangout. Right. The arcade, yeah. A, a young fella gets his arm broke. There's a bunch of gory stuff that gets happened. A lot of rapey, terrible stuff. Um, one of the prostitutes in the um, the arcade joint, I think by the name of Abby, feels for the young boy. He gets his arm broke and then his face sh- shoved into a, a pile of cocaine. Um, but she doesn't feel for him very long because she's like, I will sleep with one of these terrible brothers that are doing all this mayhem. Mm-hmm. Um, meanwhile, um, Rudger Hauer, our hero hobo, does he ever, has he ever given a name? He's just known as the hobo. Okay. He has somehow made his way into this arcade for reasons I can't remember why. And, uh, he observes this happening. And, um, so I guess Abby is going to take, um, Slick, I suppose, one of the brothers. Uh, yeah, it was Slick. Back and, um... Who is- I don't think he enters the, the area yet. He's kind of lingering around because... He's, he's lingering around the arcade, but he's because not... Because when the girl confronts Slick... She doesn't really like, confront him. him. She's, like, selling no, her... No, she's saying... Yeah, she says, leave, leave, leave the guy alone. Oh, right, right. She's, like, defending that guy, and then he comes all up in her face. But then afterwards, she's, her like... Aside, I and will sleep that- with you for money, is what she basically says at this point. And they go off to do that, and then he's rather rough and terrible with her. And yeah. that's, when, uh, that's when the hobo... The hobo sh- so basically, they said, like, the... Kind of what happens is they... Um, so Slick, played by Gregory Smith from... Uh, small soldiers and Harriet the Spy, Harriet the Spy, uh, takes the prostitute played by Molly Dunsworth, uh, aka Abigail, um, out to what she thinks is an isolated area so that they can quote unquote get it on for money. Um, then it, this door opens up and there's this guy with a garbage bag coming. And she's like, "What's this?" And he says, "It's your ride." And essentially, it's it's said that some very bad shenanigans are going to go down. The hobo shows up. Uh, beats Slick to a pulp and says he's uttering a citizen, citizen's arrest and then looks to to Abigail and says, what did you expect? He was going to put a ring on your finger? And scene. Oh, and also beforehand, uh, Slick says some very dirty things about Mother Teresa, at which point the hobo hits him with a sock full of quarters and says, Mother Teresa was a saint. You watch your mouth. Wasn't there also like a baseball in that sock as well? I think it was just change. I thought it was like a combination of the two. I don't. I could be imagining um, it. I, th- I think the symbolism is he's he's hitting he's hitting slick and fighting back with all he has. Or it's a force for change. Ooh. Took you guys a second, but you got it. <laughs> so then we go to the um, police station where the hobo. Uh, hands over. Police station. It's like we're never out of these police stations, right, guys? Right. 
Yes. Um, so then we're at the police station, and the hobo drops off Slick, and then he goes to meet with the chief of police, and he says, like, there's all these bad people in your... I don't know why I'm doing a, a really weird voice for that. And the chief's being faux sympathetic. Yeah, the chief's like, yeah, we're going we're gonna to go and clean up the town. But then, dun-dun-dun, the chief is in the, in the Drake's pocket. The Drake is, of course, the father of Slick and Ivan, the two uh, really bad people for the film. And he's got a pony mouth. He does indeed. He's a grumpy little man. <laughs> That's the chief, by the way. So then when the chief reveals his true colors that he is in the pocket of the Drake. Mm-hmm. Slick and Ivan show up Jump and they, and they, they carve the word scum. scum into his chest. The mm-hmm. homo's chest, I should say. And then they throw him out into the police department dumpster. By the way, I wanted to point out, that, so the car that Slick and Ivan drive around in is actually what's known as a Bricklin SV-1, which was manufactured in uh, New Brunswick, and it was meant to be the first original Canadian car for the mass market. It had um, uh, the doors that, that go up, much like the DeLorean, and it actually predates the DeLorean. However, it is known as the Canadian DeLorean. It didn't last long and it didn't run, and apparently during filmmaking, the, the car constantly broke down and didn't actually work. So that's just a little bit of, a little bit of trivia. So, so I guess it's something for like those uh, gearheads from Atlantic Canada. We're just can- sort of we're just Canadiana fans, man. Sure, we've got so few cars. Like it's it's that and the snowmobile basically is our our, our only modes of transportation that we've developed. Snowmobile. Snowmobile. I had one growing up when I was twelve. We got one and I rode it around. Yes, Kit. Fun fact: um, the Drake, the uh, the nemesis, the bad guy of the film, is played by Brian Downey, who's a Canadian actor. Was he in Lex? He is. He is in Lex. That is what he's best known for. Mm. Uh, as Stan- Stanley H. Something. Yep. So yeah, Lex was a Canadian science fiction series produced by I think it was City TV, which at the time was independently owned by Chum. It had Malcolm McDowell in it. I remember. I know. It was um, sweet. Uh, and old Brian Downey was also in uh, Trailer Park Boys. Of course yep. he was. And oddly enough, Beethoven's Treasure Tra- Tale from 2014. I didn't know they were I'm, still I'm making Beethoven films. I'm guessing that's Beethoven's like seventh or eighth. <laughs> oh, no. He's still there. He's, Do you really oh, my think God, it's that part of the series? I, oh, oh, it's totally part of the series. Yes, all I'm seeing is Beethoven on a uh, wearing a pirate hat on a on a treasure pot of gold. Aww. I can only imagine. How Holy crow! That's from 2014. They're making movies that recently. Yep. Lifetime the needs something. Franchise. Wow. So another thing to point out is that um, the po- there are posters all around this uh, kids hangout that uh, has a has a uh, black and white image of the Drake on it. And it says, Drake or die, exclamation point on them. And I kind of feel that that's almost a motto for Toronto at this point. Um, But back then in 2011. Ha! I got it. Yeah, you did. Um, (laughs) I also got it. Thanks. So anyways, after the the whole uh, corrupt police station. It is Drake or die, by the way. Respect Drake or die. Maestro Fresh Wes or nothing. Let your backbone slide. The kid. love for, for Cardinal Official. He's all right. <laughs> Maestro is better. What about the Dream Warriors? Oh, snap. That's oh, really? Back. What about Swollen Members, huh? How about Organized Rhyme? Um, Check the OR. You liked it so far. S- okay. Organized Rhyme were from Ottawa. <laughs> yeah, but they made a video with Jane and Finch. Member, it's true. And Swollen Members are from Vancouver. Fine, Just whatever. Just like the rascals. Yeah, sure, whatever. Anyways. You forgot about Chocolair. 
Oh, shock! It's Shockler, not Shockler. Chaos. Chaos. Yeah, he's a Toronto boy. Yeah. And Snow from North York. Oh, stop it! (laughs) (laughs) I do love Jim Carrey's take on informer or imposter. Um, Yeah. So good. He's the man. He is. He's also a local boy too. Isn't he from Oshawa or somewhere? It's from Newmarket. Yeah, Newmarket. That's close enough. Mike Mike Myers. That's from Scarborough. Yeah, he's a Scarborough boy. Mike Myers. This is true. (laughs) We should watch So I Married an Axe Murder. That would be a good one. It doesn't really qualify as a Canadian film, though. Oh, yeah, never mind. Maybe down the line. I do love love his scat jazz singing in that when he says, like, um... Harriet! Harriet! (laughs) Yeah, 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 that's the stuff. So then, uh, you, so then the hobo was taken in by by, by Abigail, um, where he talks about bears and says like, because she gives him a sweater to wear so that he doesn't bleed all over her clean sheets, because she decides to take pity on him for saving her the other night and lets him sleep in her bed while she sleeps on the couch. And um, this is where the really sweetness of the film kicks in with the relationship between Rutger Hauer and It's here that we realize Rutger Hauer is possibly the most cuddly hobo ever. That's the moment that you felt that? Um, Oh, Rutger Hauer being the cuddliest hobo ever. He's cuddly throughout the entire film, except when he's blowing people away. Yeah. But those people deserve it. They do. Which makes them extra cuddly, right? I I don't think revenge makes anyone cuddly. Oh, well, I I, I don't want to get all (laughs) philosophical, but... Yeah. We're rooting for him, right? Yeah, I got someone in my corner this time, guys. Only because the world that the filmmakers have created is so cynical and terrible that there's exactly. no one else to root for. Exactly. That's the whole point of the film. Exactly. Embrace the the bear. Embrace the bear. That um, should have been the tagline for the film, Lillian. You should have told them. Embrace the bear. So anyways, well, at this time when she goes home, when she brings them home, they drink some scotch, which is called not J and B scotch but B and J scotch which she also uses as a disinfectant of course um, BJ get it ha the film is hilarious um so after that night he uh, he puts a, a photo of a bear next to her for protection <laughs> and then he goes to then he goes to a um a pawn shop called pawn until dawn um where he he lovingly looks at a lawnmower that is 49.95 while he's looking at it, um, this mother and her child come in in a stroller, and then three balaclava-clad hoodlums burst in. They want to rob the store, and they threaten to kill the child and kill the mother. Unfortunately, the store's register is only filled with Canadian tire money. And <laughs> which is, is it really? I forgot yeah, about that. Yeah. See, that's part of the subtle charm of this film. Every now and then, yeah. Wow, Kent, you're talking an awful lot about charm tonight. So then, uh, <laughs> methinks though, protest. I think you may have been. I think you've been charmed by this movie ever so slightly. Only ever so slightly. <laughs> that's enough. Um... So then the hobo, realizing that a double homicide is about to go down, possibly triple homicide, he instead decides to purchase a shotgun, which is also going for forty nine ninety five. Oh, before this, he went to, to the bum fights guy and ate glass for 50 bucks in a very disturbing scene. He takes the shotgun, dispatches the hoodlums, and saves the shopkeeper, the mother, and the child. A pays, preloaded shotgun. Yeah, pays the shopkeeper. And, and let's take a moment to take in this decision that he has made, Right. He could have just bought that lawnmower, 
went the other way, but the business he said, would have gone south. But he was like, no. I, the I, business would not have gone south, Phil. Don't be that cynical. So he chose... Like this movie? <laughs> he chose... Oh! He chose oh, to clean up... For snap, Molson Dry. <laughs> he chose... The new snap, ladies and gentlemen. Molson Dry is the new snap. He chose to clean up his community that he found himself in. There's even a newspaper headline which says as much in a, in a clever pun. I wish I'd written it down. Cause oh, I uh, which one? Is it the one like, homeless man stops begging, starts demanding change? That's right. <laughs> yeah. That's the big decision and that Lil And then he starts make. cleaning it up one shell at a time. Yeah. Yeah, and you were laughing oh. about you were laughing about that for about ten minutes, Lil, because you kept that, thinking Ninja Turtles the movie. No, 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 because they kept putting these like funny headlines out, but the hobo cleans cleans town one shell at a time was the one that they stuck with, and they kept putting up and framing, and it kept coming in, and yes. I don't know, that was funny. Were you thinking of uh, the Ninja Turtles movie? Because that actually makes sense. It, Heroes in the Half Shell, Turtle Power. I did thinking of one shell at a time and like the power and like this guy's like you know kicking butt and shit. It just made like me think. Of, yeah, it made me think of the <laughs> turtle I, I think we, half shell, turtle power. I think we all just wish we were watching the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Aww. movie from 1990. It's a good one. I've got it here um, with Casey Jones, played by <laughs> Canada's own Elias Elias Cotez. Yes. Is that how you pronounce it? Holy shit, I've been saying Eli's Cotillas this whole time. <laughs> That's what I've been That's saying, too. Yeah, we've all been oh, saying yeah. that. Yes. Phil's the only cultured person here. Um, so anyways. Well, what, 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 is it Greek or something? It sounds Greek. sounds yeah. super Greek. Yeah. He's totally from the Danforth. I remember him from Some Kind of Wonderful. I yes. was blown away by him. Yeah. I'm like, this guy is awesome. And then when I'd see him in other movies, I'm like, ah, ah, ah. Crash. Is this a chicken pen? Because I see nothing but chicken shit. He also has a brief but important uh, bit in the Bill Murray movie Quick Change as the stoned guitarist. Yeah, I remember Quick Change. And and that's actually the only film that Bill Murray ever had a hand in directing, and he co-directed it. Back to this film, though. So, George Strombolopoulos, Toronto's own George Strombolopoulos, plays a newscaster who... uh, it gets killed via a hockey scaping thrown into him, which is almost a metaphor for his career. Dun, 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 dun. Um, Take it away, Kit. Oh, well, that I think Graham just said it. It's said it better than I could have. So anyways, at this point, after the hobo's been cleaning up the town via a shotgun, the Drake and his boys decide to... Uh, oh, first of all, the, uh, the Drake's boys, Ivan and Slick, for revenge and to inspire fear, uh, burn an entire school with school children set to Disco Inferno when they shout that they love hobos. <laughs> Which, which is the point that this film, and I think with um, speaking for a lot of people here, lost me. I think you're speaking for 50% of the people here. I don't, I don't see how I lost you, Kit. It found me, Kit. <laughs> Look, his father, this guy is like, I don't know if I'm going to, do I need to go where I'm going? Like, Where are you going? I don't know, I'm just gonna... Go 
Maybe to, I don't know. Maybe to remind you, his he, this guy's like really wants his father's approval. He wants to like he's everybody fears his father. He wants to make make everybody even more fearful. And his father says right out to him, "Is like I don't even like you're pathetic. Like yes, you're my favorite, but like you don't scare me one bit." It's, it's so he goes and does the most worst thing he can think of thing anyone can do right like i mean not i mean it's a bad thing there's it, it's pretty shakespearean to be honest because it's about a son trying to appease his father and here at the throne and then when that's the uncle, like killing the uncle in the beginning too yeah mm-hmm. he kills the uncle to like re- like uh, surpass him in the pecking order yeah, we're going there. Well, you, you almost made me think of Macbeth there, because Macbeth actually does kill, um... Oh, Jesus, I can't remember the character's name. But, uh, it's this, it's this wonderful scene where he's like, he, he kills all of this guy's children, all his children. He's like, mm-hmm. all my ch- all, all my pretty chickens. Yep. And it's a rather sad scene. But this movie is not that. No, it's better. Uh, we're now up to where the Drake is like, okay, my boys will burn your children. So from now on, all hobos are declared public enemy number one. And whoever brings me the corpse of the actual hobo that's been causing all those issues gets all my broads. His words, not mine. Yeah. And uh, So then the great hobo massacre happens, and there's more child murder. The, there's look a at, mother and child in Oh, the right, the homeless mother and child in the dumpster that they let on fire. Literally a dumpster fire with a mother and child inside of it. By the way, if you haven't seen the short film Tree Vengeance from the same director and producing team, it's on YouTube. It stars Jonathan Torrance from uh, John Vision, Trailer Park Boys, and where I first met him, Street Sense. Yeah. Oh, Street Sense. Buy it's more. also classy uh, movie. Sure. Oh, yeah. I, know I, I don't know if the viewers detected the sarcasm there in Phil's voice, but Yeah. And Treevenge. Treevenge super classy. What are you talking about? <laughs> uh, okay. Um we can't be defeated on our first Canadian feature of our Canada 150 anniversary special. Um for the whole month. Some of the little favorite <laughs> Some of the little favorite lines in this movie. First, I gotta wash this guy's asshole off of my face. Yeah, they were planning to, like, run away and start their little lawn mowing company somewhere, like, and... Oh, yeah, so first of all, on the night when all the hobos are being murdered, this uh, corrupt police officer corners Abigail and decides to force himself upon her. The hobo shows up, blows him to kingdom come, and when the angry mob come to, like, kill him, she, like, covers him up in the the cop's body parts in a shopping uh, cart and says, like, I gotta get this cop to the hospital. The hobo just shot him. And then the hobo emerges out from the cop's intestines and says, I gotta wash this guy's asshole over my face. And um, then (laughs) Ivan and Slick show up at her apartment. There's another line in there that that, that Lil laughed at really hard, but I don't want to repeat well, we're, it. We're missing the the part that one of the few little parts that I liked was because um, yeah. then you we've got this good guy cop, um, this, this oh, the right. kid, the, the young cop that's kind of confused about his whole a whole and, spot and, in this, and, and when the, and all the cops are like, we gotta get this hobo, he's killing cops, and then the young kid's like, well, he's only killing good cops, and, and then another cop says, the we're cop. all dirty cops, <laughs> we're yes. all dirty cops. <laughs> Love that line. That's actually from the original Hobo with a Shotgun short film, and it's actually said by the guy that played the Hobo in the original short film. By short film, you mean faux trailer? Yes, the faux trailer. 
which is quite good, by the way. Um, so then Ivan and Slick crash. Uh, so the hobo and Abigail get back to the apartment. Uh, the hobo goes to clean up. Abigail packs. Uh, she's about to bring up TV, but then the hobo says, what do you need a TV for? And she says, she says, yeah, screw TV and smashes the TV. They're about to leave when Ivan and Slick shows us up. Slick is, Ivan is, of course, wearing the skates. I'm just wondering what those quotes are that I, that you don't That I don't want to say out loud? That I liked and you grimaced at. I'm also curious, and I think our Much- listeners want to know. I'd eat the peanuts out of her ass. No, that's, that's not the worst. <laughs> that's not the word, Lil. Sorry, I'm trying to read your writing, Grant. Give me a break here. Out of her shit, like. No, no that's Lil's favorite. Oh, Lil's favorite? No, Graham, how dare you? That's not my favorite line in the movie. Are you crazy? What's your favorite line in the movie? That was certainly not it. You laughed the hardest at that one. Kit, you had a favorite, and you said right after it, you it's, said it's that's my up, favorite. It's coming up. We're, we'll oh, get to that one. Okay. Okay. No, Graham, you can. You can. Where's your pen? You can go ahead and scratch Lil's favorite after that f- Graham, freaking freaking line. Okay. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> but yeah, I'm I'm curious to hear Kit's favorite line because it was pretty damn good. I think we all like burst out laughing. It needs context. Is that the one where it's like sometimes you to clean the streets you need to a broom just isn't gonna cut it cut it? Is that the one? No, that wasn't it. What was the one line kit? Uh, well, we'll get it. We're getting to it. There, there's a as I said, there's a handful, even smaller than a handful of uh, good lines here. There's also a lot of ugly, terrible lines in here that should not be repeated by this podcast. Um, but yep. w- one of the good ones is after um, after the <coughs> skate rape. Sorry. Line. No um, skate rape actually occurs. It almost occurs, but it doesn't. No, it doesn't. Jesus. It would never happen. What is they, a skate they, rape anyway? They walk right up to the line, but never cross it. They um, do cross the line a few times. No, they don't. I, would, I would argue in this film. But, um, so anyway, Slick and I have an, uh, attack the Abigail's apartment, um, and uh, Slick goes to decapitate yeah, with Abigail with, like with, a, a, with a hacksaw. With a shitty saw that And uh, Ivan continually stomps into the hobo's back with his, um, with his skates. skates. However, he made the... Triumphantly. Triumphantly, yes. Uh, however, he makes the critical mistake of throwing the hobo into the kitchen area of the apartment, which oh. contains a toaster oven. Well, that's what I meant by triumphantly, where the hobo triumphantly defends himself by sticking the toaster right into that blade of the skate and thereby electrocuting Ivan. Thank you. Good good use of the word triumphantly. Right? Mm-hmm. And, and electrocuting. It's a, it's a fun word. Yeah. And then the hobo grabs the shotgun and a roll of duct tape and goes in to save Abigail. And he emerges with uh, Slick at gunpoint, or with his gun duct taped to Slick's waist. At dick point, you'd even say. <laughs> I would say that as well. Way to drop down the class of this podcast, Kit. Ha! Well, a dick point, Yeah. By the way, I should say, even though we kind of seem antagonistic to each other at certain times, we really do get along quite well. And these are four, three of the best people I know. I love everyone in this room. I concur. Kind. <laughs> Why are there so many songs about rainbows and what's on the other side? <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> we'll get to it. So anyway, Slick gets his dick <laughs> shut off. <laughs> yeah, baby. That's the opening of the podcast. <laughs> and um, after which, after he's got his dick shut off, um, Abby says to the hobo, she's, she says, you can't solve all the world's problems with a shotgun. Oh, and the hobo says, it's all I know. That's correct. With the shrug, right? Yeah, pretty much. So they go to the hospital. Abby goes in for surgery. And the Drake, seeing that his favorite son has died, calls in the plague. The plague. Now, this is when I knew I loved this movie. So the plague are essentially two knights. They're so cool. There we go. Um, <laughs> like, oh you're so, God, you're so, you're so, so cool. cool. Yes. Like a true romance. You're What's so their name? Cool. Um, the plague. The plague, yeah, um, and actually, they're referenced earlier in the film at the at uh, the kids' hangout in a video game where kids are playing as the plague. Um, so then the plague show up at the hospital, and all heck breaks loose. Just totally goes nuts all over the place. Um, they start killing off doctors, and by the way, for some reason, a doctor is carrying like a sidearm. Although in this universe, I could understand why he's had enough. Yeah, you the doctor does a walker. He's like, I've had enough. He pulls out a gun and starts shooting at the plague. The plague kill him. The plague just rain havoc down upon it, and they kidnap the hobo. And at this point, Abigail goes into full on Ash from Evil Dead mode. She like takes the shotgun. She duct tapes a, an axe to it. She cuts off the butt of the shotgun to create a sawed off shotgun. And then she like straps the lawnmower to her chest so that she can like use it as a as a weapon. And then from there on, it, it gets pretty crazy. Um, well, well, they they actually capture the hobo. Yeah. The uh, the plague does, mm-hmm. and they they put him in a dungeon. And it's here we see that their little list of past kills, which includes Jesus and and Joan of Arc. Yep. And enough. Abraham Lincoln. And Abraham Lincoln. Yeah. The plague's been around for a while. Mm-hmm. Probably Franz Ferdinand was in there somewhere. But um, the the part that I laughed out loud at was when they're removing him from the coffin that they've taken him from. Mm-hmm. The hobo's one protestation is, "You're crushing my smokes." <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think, yeah, I think that's the line where you're like, "I think this is my favorite line in the movie." Like crushing my smokes, metaphor for the entire film. Um, and then it also because like capturing him such an accomplishment that they put his face right next to Jesus. In yeah, <laughs> and they paint an X on his face. Um, and so then. Um, Abigail inspires the crowd of people. By the way, I, I just I wrote down that there are literally in one shot, there is someone carrying a pitchfork and someone next to them yeah. is carrying a torch. So it's literally yep. people with torches and pitchforks. Yeah. It's great. Um, yeah, it was very like the lynch mob. I was trying to remember the expression for it. Lynch mob that was chasing Frankenstein. At the end of Frankenstein, yeah, exactly like that. Uh, and they you show them twice in the monster, movie. Right? Yes, Frankenstein's monster fell. Jesus. Sorry. I mean, Franken- yeah, Frankenstein's monster, Phil. Come on. <laughs> In Frankenstein. How about that, Phil? 1931. Yeah. I don't like the cool. Um, and anyways, Abigail delivers, delivers a speech, which I like, where she caps it off with, sometimes on the streets, a broom just ain't gonna cut it. And that's oh, what... Oh, Molson Dry. Oh, Molson Dry. Oh, and- snap. Oh, oh, I got you. Oh, snap. Okay. Oh, Molson dry. And so that's that's what turns them around. 
Um, and then she goes there. There's a big bloody showdown. She actually takes out, Abigail actually takes out one of the plague members, which is pretty darn badass, I have to say. Um, and the hobo emerges from uh, the hole where he's going to get it decapitated. Shoots up Drake. And just as the cops are about to like intervene and save Drake, um, the entire townspeople show up bearing shotguns to fight the corrupt police force. The hobo kills Drake. Abigail screams. And then we get that song, that glorious, glorious song, Run With, Run With Us by Lisa Lauheed. So, guys, thoughts on Hobo with a Shotgun? I, I looked up on IMDb for some fun bits of trivia and stuff, but there isn't much. The only bit of trivia is that the shotgun used by the Hobo is a Remington 870. Mm-hmm. That's it? That's it. Well, I mean, that's that's the problem with modern films. Like, IMDb, like, really was in its peak in, like, the year 1999 to 2003. Um, of course, Remington's is also a, a gay strip club in Toronto. So. Remington Steel? What was that? That was what the, the, the club in Toronto was named after. Oh. Remington Steel was the show starring Pierce Brosnan in the 1980s. Yes, it was. Yes. That initially prevented him from becoming James Bond because he was the show was cancelled. He was cast as James Bond and then based upon his rising uh, level of fame, the show then said like, well, we're going to do some more episodes and he couldn't become James Bond until 1995's Goldeneye. What, so Timothy Dalton had to do some more movies? I remember thinking he was cute in Mrs. Doubtfire. <laughs> Oh, he's a, remember, yeah, that's yeah, right. He's, he's the, uh, the interloper. Yeah. The usurper to the marriage. And Lawnmower Man. Yes, the Lawnmower oh, Man. Oh, the Lawnmower Man. That, Which I was thinking of during this film because who's, Lawnmower. And who's, stuff. really? Well, because he wants to buy a lawnmower, and I'm that, like, if he bought the lawnmower instead of the shotgun, this film would have been called The Lawnmower Man. That movie keeps coming back to me for some reason. I don't know if it's every time Pierce Brosnan appeared as James Bond, I'm like, oh, yeah. The guy from Lawnmower Man. Man. Do you know what's crazy though? The Lawnmower Man is actually getting released on a remastered Blu-ray soon, if not 25th already. 25th anniversary. Wow. Yeah, that's exactly it, Phil. That was a. Check um, out the big brains on Phil. Well, I listened to the How This Get Made episode, uh, your favorite of course podcast. You did. Um, By the way, Paul Shear. <laughs> oh no. So the, the no no wait wait Paul Shear, if you're listening, and I know you are, I just want you to know, I know you fear me. I know you lie awake at, at night in bed and fear the Death by Video podcast because we respect films unlike you, Paul Shear. It's getting cold in here. Did it get chilly in here? Yeah. That's all I got to say about that, Paul Shear. Come to Toronto. Paul Shear's shaking in his boots. Come to this abandoned video store and just see what happens. And Paul, I was only laughing because Graham is talking some serious biz right now, okay? Yeah, you tell him, though. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so like the negative trivia is that the Lawnmower Man opened the same weekend as Wayne's World. Hence why people still remember Wayne's World, and we're the only four people in the greater Toronto area who remember the Lawnmower Man. My, my aunt was crazy about Lawnmower Man. She insisted on renting it and showing it to our no family. Way. She thought it was really good. I remember, the only thing I remember about the Lawnmower Man is commercials for the Lawnmower Man 2. And just being like, how, what is the Lawnmower Man Part 2? I, I, I do remember that Lawnmower um, 2 was a, was a thing that existed, but I never saw that. But I remember Lawnmower Man was around the same time as virtual reality was, mm. was starting to make a... Yeah. Uh, there was also an Edward Furlong movie around those around that same Brain time. Brain Scan? 
Yeah, I think it was called Brainscape. And by the way, all you VR fans out there, <laughs> you gotta know, it's going nowhere. Your technology is 25 years old right now. This should just be a... Tr- uh, a I pod- used VR back in 1995. A podcast of grim trash-talking random things. <laughs> so you folks out there with your Oculus Rifts, you know you're not going to last. <laughs> and that's the bottom line. Because... Because I said so. I feel like any one of us is about to say, getting back to the movie, and it's probably going to be the most times it's ever been said ever. Can we? Can you guys vouch for that? You pretty much. I'm not sure about that. Um, oh, but we, but we, we finished the movie, though. The movie ended. Exterminator um, 2 might have been, I don't know. We might have had to get back to the movie This could be time. as difficult of an episode to edit as Exterminator 2 for me. No. I'm, no. I don't think so. Slap, slap. Chop, chop. Um, That's all you got to do, Graham. Slap, slap, chop, chop. That's how you edit, right? That's all it you is do? better. It is. I do have to say, it is better when Lil's here because she kind of drags us out of the dark pits that we fall into. Aww, do we fall into good. dark pits? Do you think we fall into dark you pits? You don't Phil? listen to the raw audio, guys. <laughs> <laughs> you, you don't listen to five minutes of, a, of like <laughs> papers like rattling and us being like, um. I, that's not me. I don't write anything down. Well, where did we leave off, guys? Because I'm kind of curious. The end of the movie. We got to the raccoons. We got the raccoons theme. Yeah, the credits rolled after after the plague. We're we're kind of defeated. We're still at the oh. we're at the final thought stage. Yeah, yeah. The pla- oh, okay. the plague did. So one of the plague members is still alive, and he actually did say that she must replace the plague member that she killed. And the hobo says no, and then the plague member kind of walked away. In the original ending for the film, she actually joins the plague and becomes a member of the plague. Because the hobo gets killed. Yeah. But it ends with that great song from the raccoons, Run With Us. So final thoughts, Grant. So final thoughts. For Lillian, me. What are your what are your final thoughts on the film? Um... Did it? Does it hold up? How many times have you seen this film? What's this, number two, number three? I think this is number three. Okay. And uh, does does Phil and negativity en- kind of damper your your thoughts at all? No, it's telling a story, right? It's telling a story set in a time where it's all like in this world, right? I'm sorry. So you didn't enjoy it at all, like you didn't like. I, as I said, I found sometimes telling a story is the only thing you can do, Kit. Tagline for a future film, Graham's about. Did to you make. find it cheesy? I guess. No, it wasn't the cheesiness. I actually found if it was ever cheesy, I found it charming. As I said, when the filmmakers stopped being um, horrible, um, it was somewhat charming. Like little little bits like um, how the plague had um, apparently crossed off Jesus and Joan d'Arc and the hobo alongside him. Um, little bits like that I found charming. The 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 part where he's like, "You're crushing my smokes," like that's his. That's get the, your hands off me, crushing my smokes. <laughs> like that's his one thought when they're when they're hauling him out of the coffin. I found those little bits charming. Rutger Hauer's pretty much his entire performance was somewhat charming, but the film as a whole is ugly, and I don't see the value of just making ugly films to make ugly films because that that seems like the the whole point of this film. Phil? Uh, I totally I, agree. Yeah, I didn't like it at all. Um, that's all I can say. It's just like the filmmakers, they were just trying to push buttons like, see, let's see how extreme we can get. 
and then they just keep up in the ante with each subsequent scene and hmm. I just don't care for it. I, I I could see that they were trying to get as ugly as they could get, right? But I didn't I didn't take it I that's not the spin that I that's not the way I received it, the way you guys are saying. I received it in a way that yeah, let's point out the ugly things and make them as like ugly as we can and let's have this I think jump, Graham wants to jump in here and kind of finish my sentence or my thought my age. I don't know so Phil and Kit here's where you're wrong I think Lillian found wait, a lot more wait, humor wait, in, wait, in wait, the wait, film wait 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 I'm not I, I'm about to drop some knowledge oh dear Okay, so here's what you have to look at with Hobo with a Shotgun. This entire film... Please, Graham, don't hurt him. (laughs) I said Phil and Kit. And and you're Phil! Um, (laughs) So anyways, here's, here's the thing. This film is a singular piece of art. They built this entire... They built this entire world. This entire world. They figured... Shut the... They also built an entire world and Jason goes to hell. Keep quiet. No, they didn't. That uh, that, ostensibly, <laughs> that ostensibly took place in our world. Yeah. This film does not take place in our reality. They developed an entire system of who runs the, the town, how it's executed through its municipal government, how it weaves into just the fact that the doctor... Yeah, and no, notice how it doesn't show anybody kind of receiving this treatment. It's just slaughter, like left and right. It's just like, this is what we do. We can do it whenever. And you don't really hear anybody's like, oh, I got mugged on the street. Oh, oh, Aunt Shirley, you can't walk home alone anymore. I'm going to be starting walking from now on. We don't get that end. It doesn't matter. We just see the the slaughter that's being slashed and thrown around, and uh, it doesn't matter how it's being received or the effect that it has on people. We just know people are getting killed left and right, right? For no reason. Yes, and the thing is, again, this is a world where life, in a time when life has no value, sometimes death has a price. And that's where the world in which this film takes place in. It is almost like it's a Vietnam in a way, like where chaos reigns and you need someone with a shirt hand. And it's, that's the whole point of the hobo is that he enters as an outsider, as a destitute outsider, the lowest of the low society, and is able to see through the corruption and the awfulness and understand the, the lengths with, with, with which he must go to subvert them and to block them. And along the way, he enlists Abigail, who initially at first is attracted to Slick and thinks that he is the key to her safety, but isn't. And only through the hobo's reflection upon their society does she understand that there is something very wrong going on here. And that's the thing. When you fall into that trap, you always wonder, how can all those North Koreans be so so despondent? How can all those Soviet Union members, like, uh, uh, what's the term? Citizens be so despondent? And it's because they have fallen into this mental block of we cannot progress. And that is what the hobo represents. Progress. One shell at a time. That was pretty nice, Graham. Pretty slick. Thank you, Lou. 
Kind of like Charles Bronson at the end of Death Wish 3. Uh, he wipes out the entire uh, neighborhood. And, no, uh, that's different, Phil. <laughs> <laughs> that's totally different. But kind of. If, okay. if, if, if Charles Bronson had parrot Like, here's the thing also is that no one gets away clean in this movie. The hobo dies, and Abigail is horrendously disfigured when her hand gets ground up by a lawnmower, and she gets a hacksaw to the neck. But that's the thing, too, is that... Rough day. Sure. Um, is that she... Sa- everyone in this film sacrifices, and they're sacrificing for a better tomorrow. Because maybe tomorrow they'll want to settle down. But until tomorrow, I think they'll just, just keep, moving, keep on on. moving on. You're romanticizing this film far beyond. Every stop what it they take, they make a new friend. Can't stay for long. Just turn around, and they're gone again. They really should have used the Littlest Hobo theme song to start this film off. I really think that would they have would. Soldier, huh? it, it might have. Who knows? That might have been the uh, switch that uh, triggered it. Do you guys know that uh, the writer of the Littlest Hobo theme song, Terry Bush, also wrote "A Place to Ta- Stand, A Place to Grow" on Terry Ariario? Really? I know it now. Oh, yeah. Same dude. Huh. So, I don't know. Do we have anything else to say about Hobo the Shotgun? Or did I just sort of uh, drop a ton of knowledge on you guys and blew your minds? Well, no. I, listening, I, guys. I found your I arguments think... to be arbitrary and unconvincing, but... <laughs> <laughs> arbitrary and unconvincing, the story of your biography, Kit. <laughs> Oh, snap. I think you mean Molson Dry. See, I blinded you guys with science. I dropped a Thomas Dolby reference. Deal with that. She blinded me with science. 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 Um, Okay. So anything else before we go? Something we can all get behind. Thomas Dolby. Totally. You know, he came up with that no key... Uh, well, he named himself after Dolby Sound, but he actually, you know the ringtone ring for Nokia? That was him. And Brian Eno did. For Microsoft. Oh, yeah. Really? That was. If I were Tom Dolby, I wouldn't take credit for that ringtone. That one? That's the one. Yeah. No. It's the whistling ringtone that really annoys the shit out of me. Oh, I hate that. Oh god, I hate that one too. The iPhone, the iPhone, mar- <laughs> the iPhone marimba ringtone. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, check you later. And I on, think you should be a ringtone. That, on that note, not that note because we have to pick the next week's movie. We have to oh, consult right. the VG board. Let me break out the VG board here. The and it's, VG board. And it's the Canadian VG board, so it's VG board spelled with an O U um, and an R E somewhere. Properly. Properly, as Kit just said off microphone. Yeah. Um, okay, so let's spell it out, guys. Uh, H E. A Heather's? No, no, that's not good. No, it, the, the Fiji's going to far right. Heavy? Oh my god, are we going to watch Heavy Metal, the 1980 animated classic? I wish it was that, but I don't think it is. M. Yes. M. E. Metal. T. It is heavy metal. Oh my god, we're gonna be watching. Oh wait, it's still going. S. 
U M That spells like summer. M E uh, Heavy Metal Summer, 1988's Heavy Metal Summer, featuring Ted Nugent, the Nuge. The Nuge. Yeah, so tune back next week for Heavy Metal Summer. Directed by, I forget his name, but he also directed Screwballs, Screwballs 2, and Screwball Hotel, the Screwballs trilogy. I forgot about the Screwballs trilogy. The Screwballs franchise. Yep. Financed by the Ontario Film Development Corporation. Bless their hearts. Yep. Screwball Hotel. Uh, I've actually never seen that one. I saw Screwballs and Screwballs 2 and every Screwball Hotel. You can stay where you can never leave. <laughs> sure. Anyways, guys, until next time, I've been Graham. I've been Phil. I've been Kip. William. Thank you for listening. Be sure to rewind, and we will see you next time. Bye, guys. Thank you. Bye.